Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Congratulations. Say thank you. Okay. Gosh, I thought all I had to teach was theology and Bible. Apparently, you're going to teach manners, too. Congratulations. So being a pastor, God and I, we talk occasionally. And uh, we, we had a discussion. I told him this week, I said, you know, what if, what, if, what if we did this thing to test our people? What if we had like this total major storm on the same night that we move the clocks up? We'll test to see who are the really committed. Congratulations, you won. So uh, it, anybody, was it a little rougher this morning? My hand's up. It was a little rougher, right? Uh, it's good to see you guys. Uh, it's good to have a little rain here in California. Um, for those of us following on the feed, we haven't had that in like years. Um, and by the way, guys here, just hold on a second. Uh, on the feed, we apologized this morning. There was a delay and we got started and you missed the first song and a half or whatever. Try to work that out in the future, but uh, at least we're back on. First uh, Samuel. First Samuel chapter 7. Uh, this is a fun week. Before we get into that, I want to show you something no one's ever seen before. And you say, why, Scott? That's just the membership covenant. Many people have seen it. Many people have signed it. Nice try. This is, as we used to say in the 80s, this is the extended remix version. Uh, we, I updated this week uh, with a couple new things. We're going to go over in membership class. Um, if you missed it, uh, that stinks um, because the next one's not scheduled for like 10 more years per our pattern, um, and you're out. So that's it. Uh, no, uh, you can come. Membership classes, not for members only. In theory, nobody's a member, right? Come. If you missed last week, it doesn't matter. You technically need not go to the class to sign a membership covenant. If you just want to sign it and say, I'm in, great. Uh, but if you come to the class, you can learn a few things, I hope, uh, especially things that I wished my church had taught me when I was younger. Instead, I had to go to seminary and do all this other stuff. And so I'm trying to spare you um, exorbitant school loan bills and stuff. So, so there we go. There's that. Uh, would love to see you. And uh, lunch is provided. So there we go. Hey, uh, I want to mention something um, that I hate to talk about, but Pastor Elder Team met and said I need to talk about it. Um, so last year, financially, we didn't do very well, okay? Uh, two years ago, we had our best year ever after having our best year ever, and then everybody, I think everybody was like, oh, cool, we're good. And so uh, we also stopped taking offering and put a box on the wall in the back and said, we got all this online stuff, and... That was good. Those are great options. But something about that, the equation changed a little bit. So I'm supposed to mention that. Now I've mentioned it. Now let's do 1 Samuel chapter 7. We're going to continue to pass the offering plates from now on. The offering plates are back, which is, I guess I should have made an announcement rather than, right? So uh, let's, let's pray, and then we're going to get into finding God's help. Lord, thanks for this morning, and uh, really for rain, and may it be a reminder in the midst of us thinking that it's inconvenient and wet, uh, it's one of the things you provide for us. And you provide so much. We're going to see that this morning as we look at your word. 
And may we be reminded of how you are the center that makes the whole system work. Uh, it's your creation, your design, your plan, uh, and you have a heart in it, and we want to see that this morning. Help us to develop vision for all of those things, your priorities. And may that come from your word this morning, but may it come from uh, what we sing, what we think about, what we listen to when we're driving, the times that we're alone and the times we're around people. May you be continually working on us. And all God's people said amen. Amen. First Samuel chapter 7, uh, we've been doing finding God's this or that, finding God's place. Um, this, this week we're uh, finding God's help. I'm just going to give you a little warning. Probably the finding titles end this week. We're seven chapters in, and next chapter, um, things are going gonna, gonna to change next week. And that's going to be fun. Um, but I was looking at this week, and help it was just the word that came. And uh, Samuel's book is really about the Israelites needing to find a bunch of stuff. Okay, Now, Brent and I have titled now seven sermons in a row about finding God's this, finding God's that. What's the implication about the condition of the Israelites before the f seven chapters of finding his stuff? What, what are we kind of implying about the Israelites? They're, they're missing a lot of stuff, right? Hey, honey, have you seen my keys? You know, I'd, uh, hey, I can't find my wallet. You know, I'm amazed uh, lately when I try to leave the house, all of the paraphernalia, Right? I carry a pen. I'm just I'm becoming an old guy. I just remember my dad would carry a pen, you know. And if you if you lose one, you carry two. Right? This is the way it works. Now, you gotta have keys and you probably want your eye watch or whatever. There's a wallet and then there's a phone, but the speaker on the phone when you put it to your ear it doesn't work so good. I purposely said that in properly right so you have your little earbud things that you put in to compensate for the thing that doesn't work and then when you try to read your phone you need glasses that's just the stuff that you strap to your batman utility belt right um that's not to mention a hat a jacket you know supplies for wherever you're going maybe your backpack that controls your computer with all your sermon study notes and you don't want to leave that at the house when you arrive at the church because you got to drive back to the house, right? I, we need to think of Israel in a little bit. We need to think our, of ourselves as left the house without all the stuff. And, and it's like, wait a minute, how am I supposed to function throughout my day if I don't have God's this, God's that, God's other, if I don't have really... It's not about all this stuff. What is it really about? If I don't have God, right? The first seven chapters really should be thought of as like finding God. Um, you got priests that don't really follow him very well. You got priest kids who totally ignore him. You got people who try to take advantage of God without connecting with him at all. We got rules that we fail to follow and it just goes all over the place. Um, chapter seven is where it starts to come together. 
right? So uh, Samuel's now been a priest for uh, more than a cup of coffee and more, more than a few moons, and he's starting to figure it out, and he's, he's going to speak to the Israelites and say, hey, um, we might be catching some traction. Here's how we catch some traction. God's around. He's alive and well. Amen. And he's active, interactive. How do we engage with that? How do we engage with that? So here we go. Uh, men of Kiriath-Jerim came and took up the ark of the Lord, brought it to the house of Abinadab on the hill. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Abinadab's house is up on the hill. Um, this, why, why are we here? Why did, why did the men of Kiriath-Jerim? Because remember the other town? They didn't want the ark. Like, who's, who is going to come and take him away? <laughs> At least they got the him part away, that taking the ark is kind of saying you don't want God around. Um, by the way, that town, we're not going to really hear much good from that town ever again. This town, Curious Jerem says, oh, oh, I guess we'll take it. Um, why are we up on the hill with Abinadab? Abby said he'd take the ark. Oh, I'll take it to my place. Uh, the reason, because it's up on a hill. I mean, it's a random piece of information, right? But in Israel, in those days, that culture that followed the Lord, the idea is you want to be in the high places. Because the higher you are, elevation-wise, the closer you are to... Wow, it's like reasoning hasn't changed in any generation, right? We still have that same kind of idea, right? Some people go sit in the balcony because they think, hey, Cooper, how's it going? You're going to be closer to God. Um... Uh, they consecrated his son, Eleazar, to uh, have charge of the Ark of the Lord. And from the day that the Ark was lodged at Kirith-Jerim, a long time passed. That's an understatement. How long? 20 years. Some 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. This one's a tough one. What, what does it mean if people lament after the Lord? There's a whole book about it, right? I can't remember what it's called. Oh yeah, lamentations, right? What if if you're lamenting? Like if I said, okay, guys, I know I never give you homework, but this week you're gonna lament after the Lord. You, you would walk out the door, and some of you'd be starting googling it even before you, right? Um, what is that? What's lamenting after the Lord? There's a there's a piece of mourning to it. Sorry? Regret. Ruefulness. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. Yes, come to Rock Bible Church. We will increase your vocabulary. All right. Um, my mother-in-law passed. We did a ceremony here. I mourned her. I lamented her. What did I not do with her? I don't forget, but is, was there a chance for me to interact with her anymore? No. So this is a little bit different. So you're lamenting the Lord. Are, are you mourning? Yes. Are you ruefuling? <laughs> Ruing? I know, I was having fun. I like to make up words. Um, but there's also an effort to connect with him. Um, there's also memory of, ooh, regret. You know, we've had the last 20 years, but did, do you realize what just happened? We, we just went, 20 years. Where's the stories? 
Where's the characters of 20 years? Where? I mean, we've, we've got a great Bible with amazing stories and characters that we still remember to this day. Right? Samson and... See, you remember their names, the whole thing. And yet here, we got a 20-year span that is gone, doesn't exist. It's like, God, we've, we've squandered the time. Um, there's a word we kind of use in modern church. Um, and, and funny enough, you would hear about this if you went to the membership class. Sorry, for those of you who went last week, um, there were a lot of commercials last week for membership class. Uh, the word stewardship. We're lamenting the Lord. We have a little regret about our stewardship. What has the Lord given us? And what, what have we done with it? Right? Um, it, we have uh, people that come and talk to the pastor and you know, hey, I, I'm just waiting for God to this or God to say that or when's God gonna? You know, there's a there's a there's a painful question that comes with that line of thinking. Well, what have you done with what God has already given you, right? Which is why I think Sarah needs to teach in the future, but she keeps rejecting me. Um, there's this I like what has God done, and what have I done with it? Um, what do I bank on? You know, when the stories go beyond being stories and become life lessons that I actually act on, right? So Israel lamented after the Lord for 20 years. Verse 3, and Samuel said to all the house of Israel, if you're with Samuel's the um, priest now, by the way, who, for those of you just joining us, uh, return to the Lord with all your heart. If you're going to do that, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtaroth from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only. He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. No, I'm, I'm, apparently I do need to work on your manners. I said Ashtaroth and no one said bless you. Right? What, what's, uh, what are Ashtaroth? I was kind of hoping that you would tell me, Scott. <laughs> like idols. Okay? You got foreign gods are, are bad. Astaroth would be like a pole or a pillar or a stack of rocks or uh, symbols that they would use to distract them from God Himself, from Yahweh, Elohim, right? Adonai, the real God. Um, and those, those get in the way, right? And he says, look, uh, let's. let's Let's no longer be house divided. Let's put all our time and energy in one direction. Put away that stuff. And then I love this. Direct your heart to the Lord and serve Him only. Before it says serve Him only, it says there's got to be an internal change. You recognize, you admit, um, you recalibrate, you prioritize A rough one starts with con and ends with fess. Right? Um, you set yourself right, and then you start working. And then it watch looks, and he will deliver. Does this sound like a conditional statement? Because I know conditional. I took 
a couple languages. It, it was force-fed. They actually strapped me to a chair and chains and everything. It says, serve him, direct your heart, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Is that conditional? Fight breaks out at Rock Bible Church, right? <laughs> um, guys, he's a conditional God. <gasps> I was always told that he unconditionally loves me. Yes, absolutely. And you will have an experience with that that is conditional. He'll still love you. I mean, I love my kids. Have they had any bad experiences with dad? Any guesses? Really? I'm surprised it took you that long. Um, what, what's God want from us? Obedience, our heart, our attention, our worship. When we run off and do our own thing, we set up idols in our house. Isn't that? Isn't that a, like a primary commandment? Didn't they? I seem to remember like Exodus chapter 20. Somewhere in there. For sure in Exodus chapter 20. There was a set of rules. And one of them is, You shall have no other gods before me. Right? Which is a rough translation because it, it, rather than have them before him and then you can have some secondary gods too, it's like... You shall have no other gods other than me. Right? Paul says uh, in the New Testament, he says, there's no such thing as an other God. There's only one God in God's economy. Folks, that's freeing. It makes theology so much easier when you start realizing some of the fundamental truths on it. There are no gods competing with God. Now, there's a bunch of made-up stuff, and movies are cool. But when it comes to truth, there's one God, period. When you have fake stuff in your house, how's that go? Yeah. You ever had tools made out of plastic? <laughs> I know a few guys who know tools, and... and there's pretty much no use for a plastic tool. Maybe a component of a tool. Why? Because you want to actually get work done. It's basically saying, look, let's start, let's start dealing with metals and woods and stuff. Let's get rid of the plastic. Let's, let's start doing our faith in such a way where it's effective. And we see um, this great word, this D word, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. It's awesome. Um, we should be paying attention to the, the familiarity with the term because last week, last chapter, we were talking about finding the hand, God's hand. And then it's like, oh, there's the hand of the Philistine. There's definitely a compare-contrast going on between, okay, which hand do you give the most weight, the hand of God or the hand of the other? The hand of the foreign God, the hand of your uh, Im uh, idols and symbols, 
the hand of your finances, the hand of um, your relationship status, uh, how many friends you have in your social media account. Where do you put your weight? God says, put it with me only. So the people of Israel put away the Baals, that's a early form of the phrase God in a different language, right? A foreign God might be considered a Baal. Uh, and the Astroph, and they served the Lord only. Whoa! This is pretty cool. This is like one of the only times where the Israelites actually got it right in the first seven chapters. It's like they finally did it. Right? Uh, verse 5, here we go. The, then Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and drew water, poured it out before the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the people of Israel at Mizpah. Now, I'm a little bit confused here. It says they went, they gathered, they worshipped, and they drew water and poured it out before the Lord. They gave an offering. But what was the offering? Water? That's weird. Isn't usually an animal? Like without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Like, shouldn't there? My favorite one is the turtle doves. Like, why would you kill a turtle dove, right? I mean, that's just wrong. I hear they're giving up water? They, they drew water and, and poured it out. Mmm, it's a drink offering. It's an offering. Said, so we've sinned. We know it. Love that. Where's our life come from? What, what, what do you have to have pretty regularly? Ooh, we will give sustenance of life and pour it out because we want to recognize who's really our sustenance. Very interesting. Uh, now, when the Philistines heard that the people of Israel had gathered at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. This uh, should feel similar to the early chapters where it said Israel heard that the Philistines had gathered, so the Israels went up against them. Um, and the the uh, the attackers or the instigators lose in both cases, right? Oh no, did I just give it away? Yeah. When the people of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines because um, they're 0 for 2 so far, right? People of Israel said to Samuel, do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us. Bam, we just got a different response. When it goes poorly, um, when, it, when it goes south, we've got some other phrases that have to do with fans and things. When, when things really get bad, where's your first turn? Who, who's your first call? It's kind of fun um, as a pastor. Fun is a poor choice of this word. Um, when people are in crisis, um, you know who sometimes is the first call? That's weird. Because I know me, and I'm not necessarily my own first call, you know what I mean? But they call, they call me, and, and, and why? What's, what's the reasoning? Pray, okay? Or give me some advice, or do you know somebody could help, or the whole thing? And, and I want to be that guy. I kind of signed up for it, I'm pretty sure, as a pastor, the whole thing. Um, 
where's our first turn supposed to be? It's to God. And they're starting to figure this out, right? And it's really, it's a good thing, right? Uh, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. There we get that phrase again, hand of the Philistines. So Samuel took a nursing lamb and offered up as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel. And the Lord, what's that before we switch the slide? What's that last word? No, God doesn't answer. I'm not even sure he's there. If he is, he doesn't care. Actually, I don't think he's anywhere. That's the kind of, we just went through agnostic atheists in cute form. Um, because this, this is what differentiates us, folks. Oh, what, what do you mean? No, we're Christians. We believe in God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Amen? We're the only ones that believe this. Israelites and the Christians, that God actually answers. Now, if he answers, what should we be doing? Backwards logic, like we're going to, right? It's like you get this complex thing and you deconstruct it backwards to say, well, then in the beginning we should do this. If he answers, then we should ask or at least talk. I love the idea that if you're having trouble talking to God and the only thing you feel like saying is, I don't like you right now, he's cool with that. I mean, one, you're not a threat to him, right? And he thinks at least you're talking to him. You're also getting open about your emotions and you're engaging with someone else outside of yourself. There's like quite a few things that are starting to rumble in the right direction, right? He answers. All right, let's... Uh, Let's keep moving. So, and the Lord answered him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to attack. Okay? This is mid-offering. I like this. But the Lord thundered. I love that. Thunder. is always paired with... Yes. And to us, which one's more dangerous? Lightning, yeah. I mean, thunder's not going to really hurt you. I mean, if you're in a pool in Orlando during this big storm and you're about to take your kids to Disney World the next day and you're in the pool, it's like, what do you mean I have to get out of the pool? Well, there's thunder. Yeah, I know, but it's only thunder. Yeah, but lightning might be coming, right? Watch what God does. The Lord thundered with a mighty lightning? A lighty sound that day against the Philistines and threw them into confusion, and they were defeated before Israel. Just with sound. He can win just with sound. I want to meet that guy. How cool is that? Um, I'm going to be very careful when I meet with him because I want to make sure there's not an offering going on that I'm interrupting. Because when you interrupt his offering, when you interrupt people that are worshiping, when you try to get in a way or obstruct someone who is following the Lord in their best way they know how, stand back. Let it happen. Let it go. This way, I love the question. Would we allow this type of person to come to our church? I'm sorry? I don't understand the question. 
well, what if they are this and that, and in their past they had, and once they, and they don't think, and blah, 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 pick your disclaimer. If they're at church and they want to pursue their relationship with the Lord, welcome to Rock Bible Church. We are Christ-centered, biblically-based, compelling, casual community. We are compelling ourselves and in casual ways that welcome all. That's what we're doing. Yeah, but what if they're not there yet? I mean, shouldn't there be standards for membership and blah, blah, blah? Yeah, yeah. Except the Lord. Be baptized. Now, if you're a basket case in conjunction with accepting the Lord and being baptized, welcome home. Yo tengo la probaba también. Right? That's me. Nobody has it right. Thing is, how do we how do we get on the right path? Uh, Philistines lost, right? And the men of Israel went out to Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and struck them as far as Beth Car. And then Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer. For he said, Till now the Lord has helped us. Ooh. This is interesting. Uh, anybody recognize anything in there, right there? He just took a rock. And they named a rock. I think they're starting to lose it, Scott. No, um, they took a rock and named it earlier in this book. Remember what they named it? Starts with Eb and ends with Zer, right? The second rock named Ebenezer. First time, they were destroyed. Lost thousands and thousands. They said, we're gonna, we need to remember this. This time they win, set up same, same name for a different rock, but this time they've won. What's going on? Those are totally different. When you go into battle with God, you win. When you go out of battle without God, you lose. Remember both. Because until now, the Lord has... Let's pretend this is second service. I know that doesn't exist anymore. And in our future, we're going to have a second service, and it'll be like, I don't know, maybe 5 o'clock on a Sunday night or whatever. Those, pretend you're those people, because they're going to be fun people. I'm just telling you. You've yet to meet them, but, right? Um, until now, the Lord has... And today, outline, open it up, look at the top, First Samuel chapter 7, finding God's help. Right? It's been going on. How do we find it? It might be that it's been happening and we've yet to recognize it. It also might be withheld because you have yet to turn your heart to him and serve him only. And this conditional thing's playing out. Either way, do we have a God that helps? Yes. Then let's figure out that equation. Love that. I like, I like guys that know how to solve stuff. Uh, ladies who know how to figure it out because there's a lot of people out there it's like oh i don't think we can do it sorry we're just gonna have to come up with a different plan i like the the women that say no we can do that that can can that kid can be taught the guys that say yes that's a problem and, and for a lesser man 
we would be lost. But good thing I'm here because I solve things. I get things done. Be that guy or gal in figuring out how to access God and get his help, knowing his place and all that kind of stuff. Because it takes some work and it can be confusing. It can be painful. Other times it'll be simple. But it's the only thing that pays off. Amen? So the Philistines were subdued and did not again enter the territory of Israel in the hand of the Lord. Ooh, he just traded hands, right? Was the hand of the Philistines. Now it's the hand of the Lord. Uh, was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. The cities had the Philistines uh, had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath, and Israel delivered their territory from the hand of the Philistines. There was peace, and also uh, there was peace also between Israel and the Amorites. Is is this all starting to come together? This is like the end of a fairy tale, right? I think there's a Disney movie coming out about it. If they didn't hate the Bible so much. Um, oh, did he just say that? Oh man. Um, Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. Does this sound like we're wrapping something up? Remember earlier I said chapter 8, things are going to change? Because we're, we're coming to the end of like an area section, right? He went on a circuit year by year, Bethel, Gilgal, Mizpah, and he judged Israel in all these places. Then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there, and he would judge Israel from there as well. And he built there... And, no, go to the last one. There you go. And he built there also an, an altar mm, to the Lord. Um, Samuel killed it, didn't he? Watch what happened to a whole country when one person decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pursue God best I can. It's pretty awesome. Name for me a family that's doing well with the Lord. I guarantee you there's an entity in that family that's chasing the Lord. And the family benefits. Right? And that can be a different entity at different times in the family. I think that's why God gave me Julie and imprisoned her with me. Because <laughs> uh, at times we, we hit stride at different times and, and it comes together. Well, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. How do we do this um, help thing? Because I'm reading some stuff in here that God has help. Apparently, that's, that's a commodity. God's help. Um, it's not a fill-in. God's help. You see, there's like lines you're going to fill in in a minute, right? I do that to you every week. Some people make it into a game. Can I guess it before Scott says it, right? Um, usually, that's for, for revealing something. Here we put God's help, and I was kind of thinking, you know, I want to make sure that's printed on there ahead of time. No one can get that wrong. It's provided so that we recognize that God and his people and the Bible, it all assumes he has help. He's a helper. He dishes out help. He actually, um, one of the three of his entities, called the third of the three of his entities, a Helper, right? Jesus says, and I, when I go to the Father, I will send you a helper, right? It's one of his key roles. If we believe that and started functioning like that, 
game would change. You might win some battles. God's help, all right, verse 12, we stole that from verse 12, right? And then I, this, I, I inserted the verses in the fill-ins this time to make sure you saw which one came from which one, right? God helps, saves. In, in that verse uh, 8 right there, um, hey, could you pray for us that the Lord would save us, right? That's the assumption about God's help, that it saves. It also delivers. God's help delivers. Hey, hey, uh, congratulations, you're saved, but you're going to have an average experience going forward. I mean, saved you to mediocrity. Congratulations. You won, but there's no door prize. That's great. No dessert after dinner, right? I want to be saved, and I want him to deliver me. If I'm, if I'm being delivered, where, what kind of place am I going to in destination compared to where I came from? I was over here, but I want to be delivered from over here because I want to go over there because this is much more fill-in-the-blank than that. Pick a kindergarten word. What's the, it's, I want better. More. I want more better. Right? Oh my gosh, my kids used to say that. Right? Anybody have kids that said more better? Right? Okay. Um, so he saves us, uh, he delivers us, uh, and the answers, right? I made a big deal about that a little bit ago. And he answers us. He saved me and he delivered me, but I'm getting radio silence from him. What if you had regular feed with God as he's saving you from peril and delivering you to better no make a right turn here right it's like oh that's awesome sometimes he thunders there's a lot of different descriptions for god's help it manifests itself in many ways that's great news if he plays out if if he's a superhero with multiple powers why is that good news for you? Besides the fact that you like superhero movies, right? Why, if he had multiple abilities, why is, why is that good for you? Um, I think, Scott, it has to do with Keith and I have different needs, and if he only has one power, then he might meet Keith's need, but then I'm stuck out to lunch, right? Can he multitask, by the way, God? Yeah. Does he know perfect? Yeah. Is he ever confused? Right? Last week we, we made a big deal about a word that no longer exists in his vocabulary. According, do you remember what it was? Coincidence? Right? And chance. Had a fun discussion. Robert and I had a fun discussion this week looking up. Uh, the word chance and coincidence, and I was like, oh. So after that, uh, Robert, hats off to you. I sat in my office for hours looking up chance and coincidence and finding places, the whole thing. You know that word in the last chapter, coincidence? It's the only time in the Bible it shows up in that form. It's the only time. I felt pretty good about that. Then I started looking up other stuff, and most of the time when chance or coincidence are referenced has to do with misfortune. 
Now, you know this for sure. Because when something bad happens, we, have, we like to say, oh, it must have been a coincidence or oh, just bad. Right? Because if you say that, then you never have to attribute a decision to the Almighty for putting you in a difficult position that would hurt and was costly and had ramifications. So let's call it misfortune. Whoa. Uh, that's happens when people don't recognize and experience God's help regularly. Let's do that. Three ways to do it. Here we come. Straight from the passage, okay? I did not make any of this up, all right? Put away the obstructions. Remember he said uh, foreign gods and those Ashtaroth? Bless you. Get rid of them. They're a distraction. When in... Um, went in for a procedure because there was an there's an obstruction. Hey, how's so-and-so doing? He's okay, but boy, he almost didn't make it. Really? What happened? He had an obstruction. What do obstructions do? No. We're friends, I hope. If you've been around me at all, there's a corny factor. Think about corny pastor in his office making a fill-in. Put away obstructions because they obstruct. They get in the way. Why would you say that twice? Because now you remember it. Right? Well, you know, we're just going to do this little thing. It's, it's not that bad. It won't be a problem. It won't get in the way. We'll be okay. Famous last words. I'm just going to go out with her once. What? This is the way the weirdest. I don't know. My mind was blown. I was young-ish teen. I get not youngest. 13 is youngest teen, right? I was oldish teen. But when you're 50 plus, any kind of teen is young, right? Okay, let's move on here. Welcome. Glad you're here. <laughs> That's rough, dude. Because if, if you're 20, you know, that means you're not a teen. When you did stuff, they'd be like, oh, yeah, but he's a teenager. Now that you're 20, you just lost an excuse. Right? And I lost exactly where I was. Oh, somebody told me, they said, why would you date somebody if you knew there was no chance of you marrying them? Well, because she's hot. <laughs> you know, young men are dumb. Yes, we've said it pretty much universally. So glad that you're not a teen anymore. <laughs> um, old men are dumb, too. <laughs> but the idea, it's like, wait, why don't I think through what I'm doing why go out with her even once? If I know we're not a match, whatever, I know I would never marry her. To, well, what are we doing? This is an exercise in futility. Um, you're practicing cheating, actually. Weird. I had to rethink all that stuff. Praise God I did. Because then I went on lots of dates with Julie, and somehow I got her confused, and she said yes. <laughs> Amen. All right. um, there's things that get in the way, and guess what? This, this is one of the easiest ones for you. 
who knows that they get in the way? Okay, I know we're at church and they ask the question, you had to say God, right? Okay, I know it's a, usually Heitzman or Doug would say that out loud, right? Let's go a little beyond that. Besides God, who knows when something's in the way? You do. I do. If it's obstructing, then it's an obstruction. And you should obstruct it. Right. Uh, second way, third point. Offer up your heart. Offer up your heart. You know, be my uh, maybe a fun exercise for you to go back through the passage this week at some time, and look at all the different ways that they tried to offer up. They offered up water. Um, they offered up a calf. Uh, they did work, which would be an offering. They did all these different things. They prayed to the Lord. They made an effort to turn towards Him. What are your offerings? Oh, is he asking for money again? No. We're not talking about church. Church didn't exist back then. <gasps> what are you offering to the Lord? Well, well, for what? For your relationship with him. What, what do you offer him? Do you, do you offer him conversation? Oh, you mean like praying? Yes. Do you converse with him? Get mad. Get upset. Say you're sorry. Ask him for help. Like how, how much are you conversing? What do you sacrifice on his behalf? What do you do for sure because you know he wants you to do it? Can you, can you put something in that list? No, I know you can. All right, I'm going to give you an easy win. I go to church on Sunday. You're here, so you can write that one down. Right? It's a thing we offer up. Um, and, and why... Why offer money? Why offer time? Why show up at church? Why do these offering things? Because it affects something in you that starts with an H and it's right above your ear. H ear. That's uh, heart. It affects your heart. He says, before you, before you follow the Lord and serve Him only, turn your heart to Him. Why do you memorize Scripture? Well, when we play Bible trivia, no. You want it to affect you so that when you walk into something where you know it's wrong, you can go, thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh, darn, I can't do it now. <laughs> right? So you think about divorcing rather than working on it. You think of that verse, the Lord hates divorce. If any man should look on a woman lustfully, Jesus said that, by the way. Hey, careful what you do with your money because you can't serve God and money. You start remembering some of these things. Why? Because trivia games don't matter for squat. But your heart is priceless to him. Let's start acting like it's priceless to us. How cool is that, right? Love this. Uh, there's all these different examples, right? So there's your cheat sheet for when you read through and find where to, how, to, how was that an offering? Here you go. Last one. Uh, submit to a set system of sustained service. Submit to a set system of sustained service 
and sentences that have S in them. You see, Samuel, the thing that comes out of that 20 years, remember I made this big deal, there's a 20-year gap and we hear nothing. Yeah, but you know what, what screams volumes, what thunders? is where was Samuel before the 20 years and where was Samuel after the 20 years? He was chasing the Lord. He was turning his heart to him and he was serving him only. No matter what the rest of the country is, one man against the country. My dad would say it was a fair fight because he had God on his side. Now, who won? Samuel, God. They did what they were supposed to do. How did he do it? He set up a regular system. Look at even at the end. Why does it tell us? And every year he would go on a tour. He would go to Ekron and Mizpah. And, and then he would even judge Israel at home. He's working from home. Prior to pandemic, I love it. <laughs> then it says at the very end, and I made you say it out loud, what do he, he build in his house? What's that for? Worship? There is no Jerusalem, there is no temple, we're prior to all that. Don't worry, the king's coming, and he's going to mess it all up. And all of a sudden, we're going to have a capital and a temple and all that kind of stuff. But prior to that, or in your life, when the ability to follow, the ability to turn, the ability to serve, the ability to worship is obscure or obstructed, you make a place for it. If it's not there, you build it. If it's in the way, you take it down or walk around it. If it's too loud, you ignore it. But you find a way and, and a system for regular. Regular. Why do you come to church? Now, not the Scott answer. Not the church answer. Well, membership is... Ba no, it's not. Why do you come to church? It's a set system for sustained worship. Some might call it service. It's forced family fun time. Why? You know how many forced family fun times the Berglund family has had in the history of our five people in our family. Anybody remember that? No. Sesame Street. We had so many of those meetings. All right, that's it. Family meeting. Became this really hated phrase in our house. Why? Because mom and dad were going to throw down. There's a new sheriff in town, a new set of rules. Hey, we're going to change the policy. Uh, we're all doing housework today, and here are your assignments. Did, did mom and dad ever need the forced family fun time? No. We knew what was going on, and we're perfect. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. It was meant to be a joke. Um, when we do sustained stuff with God, with a set system ongoing, and we keep at it, it's for other than his good. He has no need of us or what we offer. Your cute little water pouring out drink offering. Yeah, that's cute. More importantly, I want to see the heart behind somebody who does that. And if you do that, now I'm looking at your heart. And now we're in business. 
because I'm a conditional God that loves you unconditionally. Right? Now, this is controversial, and I might get in trouble for this, and I don't care. In my house growing up, my dad used to say, there's one hand for hugging you, loving you, giving you stuff. There's another hand for spankings. You get to choose. Which hand do you want? I've been cracking up because we've got two hands in the story. You've got the hand of the Philistines and the hand of God, you know, and all this. But it's also this thing with God. You get to choose your experience with God. It's kind of like a video game. I say that to get the younger crowd in, right? How is that? Well, you have control over how some of the game goes. Yeah, but if I die, I don't respond. Yeah, way more important than a video game. How could he help you? How could you pursue him to access that help? What's in the way? What's obstructing? What, what shiny, loud thing gets your attention and you're, oh, oh, I gotta, I gotta wait. And what part of your heart are you withholding? Great discussion questions. Have you ever made that decision? Have you ever made the decision, I'm going to turn my heart wholly to God and serve him only? If you're still wrestling with that, you're a wrestler. Be a partier. What do you mean? Well, you can fight with God all you want, and that makes you a fighter. And you know what fighters get? Tired, bruised, hurt, grumpy. Well, why would you say that Christians are partiers? Well, because the party's in heaven. Are you going to be there? And when things work and he helps you, it's enjoyable. Your kids even behave once in a while. You get to have some great experiences. Remember, know this though. Um, I've thrown some parties lately. There's a little prep work. And then there's cleanup. And somebody at the party breaks something that you liked, right? And no matter what, you can get none of that time back. It's an investment. It costs, but then you're partying. And maybe your prayer today for God is, all right, God, I'm done wrestling with you. From now on, let's party. It'd be one of the greatest salvation prayers ever. God, can we just party from now on? Acknowledge where the party started, though. Party started when Jesus went to the cross, died for you, and said, your sin is no more. My heart is fully after you all the time. Remember it. Be baptized. And watch me beat death and Satan, and then watch me go sit at the right hand of the Father, send you a helper, and then we start partying. Amen? If that's you, 
you have to come talk to me. I say that with a little bit of smirk. I want it to be a good experience, but I want to help. That's why we're here. I signed up for it. Amen? You could also talk to Brent, but he's tall and intimidating. And Lord, thanks for this morning, this uh, passage, your word, um, the consistency that we see over time as we study it, and more importantly, the effect and experience we have when we try it, when we do it, when we believe it. Um, Give us more clarity, Lord, in how we turn toward you, how we pursue you. Show us, Lord, heal us. May we have a greater understanding of the range in your help. And then, Lord, may you use that to expand our range. If you're this morning needing to talk to God and say, I want to start that relationship today, just say that. You can say it silently to yourself. But then at some point, come and let us help you. Father, we thank you for the offering we're about to receive. Pray that you would bless it and help us to be the church that you called us to be. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. first seven chapters we've been saying find God's this find God's that what we really should say is may you find God himself amen go with him membership class will be in the back 15 minutes sandwiches on the way